guys. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Used to get uh, Cece saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, welcome everybody to a uh, special episode of the 13th Floor. Uh, Alex and Cece are on vacation, and I'm joined by good friends of both the show and me, uh, Kelly and Troy. And uh, today we're going to be talking about something that would give CC pause. So it's a good opportunity to talk about uh, something a little darker. We're going to be talking about cannibals. And um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, the ultimate taboo. And it got me thinking, what foods do you guys like that are a little, you know, less socially acceptable? And on the contrary, what's something that's socially acceptable that you refuse to eat, not because it's like, you know, gross to you or something, but just, mm. just bothers you on, on some grounds. And, uh, oh, and I'll start uh, cause you know, I've had more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in terms of stuff that I'm willing to eat, I, I, I do like awful. Um, I like organ meats and, and a lot of people are a little bothered by that chicken gizzards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, I absolutely refuse to eat any juvenile animal. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter veal, lamb. I won't even mm-hmm. eat, even though I'm not fond of eating the bugs, uh, <laughs> I won't eat mealworms, but you know, adult crickets or stink bugs are more on the menu because they're adults. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know, eating a baby animal bothers me. Yes, yeah, Chris. How, uh, <laughs> how about you, Troy? Oh, <laughs> yes, baby insects would bother me to eat. Absolutely. Ju- baby insects. <laughs> Not the rest. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me, James. And I'm excited to be on the 13th floor again. Nice. This is super exciting. Awesome. Uh, Glad I'm to excited, have you. excited about uh, a, participating in a um, an icebreaker, but this one's kind of mm. gross. Uh, it is. <laughs> my... My the thing that I like that isn't socially acceptable, like when to eat fried chicken, mm-hmm. uh, I really like it, or chicken in general. I love to eat the cartilage and all of that kind of oh, stuff. So, uh, on you know, I go down to like the hard part of the bone uh, when I'm not around anyone else because it's it's well, that's gross. Good for you. I completely admit, <laughs> it, yeah, it looks really gross though because you know, yeah. You know, really, yeah. really, I look cannibalistic, you know? <laughs> um, so that's wow. Yeah, I've never heard that before, Troy. So that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Troy's a cartilage eater. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how socially unacceptable that was. Mm. Huh. I mean, well, I don't think it's unacceptable. I feel if anything, you're like not wasting, you know? Yeah, that's good. Correct. Yeah. That's good, yeah. So that's a nice spin mm. on it. <laughs> Um, for, for mine, I really don't have anything super crazy. I mean, I, I'm pretty, I guess, pedestrian when it comes to this part. I would like to, tr- I mean, I've accidentally like ate bugs because they flew into my mouth when I was like riding my bike, you know, yeah, but was- like that was not purposeful. Um, but yeah, like I would like to try and try and a couple bugs at some point, maybe. Um, but I mean, this isn't really gross to most people but maybe it is i like beets some people don't I like love beets. beets yeah they're grossed Roast out beets, but i like beets yeah. i i like them pickled i like them roasted i'm okay with mm. it used to hate them but mm. you know i love a big pickled beet on a hamburger that's a great combo oh, that's yeah. interesting 
Hmm. But yeah, Hoover I burgers are good too. You ever have that, that what, uh, peanut butter that? on a hamburger? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, surprisingly yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I haven't tried chicken livers, which our friend Gareth, who's been on my podcast, the foodies reviewing movies podcast with actually you and I, the evil dead episode will be coming out yeah. here in a few weeks. But uh, yeah, he's like, you're going to eat chicken livers if it's the last thing I do. So it will happen <laughs> at some point. So good deal. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of which, um, I was thinking about doing this in the closer, but, but how about you guys, uh, bring up, you know, whatever you want to promote. So Kelly, go for it first. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I am with the foodies reviewing movies podcast. Mm. James has been on there many a times. We talk about, yes, you are a serial guest (laughs) and, um, we talk about it's in the title food and movies. And, uh, this season three, we have premiering not too long from now. It is going to be a fun one. I think the best one yet. So uh, definitely check us out. You can get us anywhere. Podcasts are available. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at FRM podcast. Nice. Good deal. Troy, how about you? All right. I don't want us to forget though, the things that we like that or that we don't like that other people oh, do. We've good catch. Mm, good yeah. catch. Forget that. But, uh, if I may, I'd like to uh, promote two things that I've got going on. First is my podcast. It's called Podcasting Tips from the Front Porch. I've been podcasting nice. for uh, since like 2007. So wow. it, it's been quite a while. And what that podcast is, is simply quick, quick tips that I've picked up along the way. And it's intended to be like five minutes or less, just really, a you know, if you do this, then this is the best way to do it. An example is the last episode was if you know you're going to take a break uh, and it's not, you know, do you tell your people because uh, they're not usually going to hear it live, you know, mm-hmm. the, it, because it goes into forever. So I, I mull over, you know, why to do it and why not to do it and do that in about five minutes. All right. Interesting. Now, and then the second thing I want to promote is actually an example. Of, this is a true uh example of synchronicity i would think Ooh. okay which has been an episode a separate episode uh three hours ago i just started a youtube channel okay oh. and it's about uh grocery shop people oh okay <laughs> <laughs> look that up how to cook people.com you can go to KrogerRun.com or mm. look for Kroger Run on YouTube. And it's a channel that's uh, the shows are about 10 minutes where literally I'm on a Kroger Run. So I go and whatever we need at the, you know, that time, the commitment is every time I go to Kroger now, I have to record it and share it with everybody to, uh, you know, learn, you know, it may be some cooking skills and looking at, you know, what's in the store to make things healthy and, um, you know, easy. So that's uh, KrogerRun.com. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So check that out. Subscribe. Thank you so much for the opportunity to plug. Not at all. Thank you for being here. And uh, you, you caught it, not me. Um, (laughs) So what would you eat that uh, is a little less popular? (laughs) <laughs> or acceptable well, no it's the opposite what everybody mm-hmm. else likes that you don't like so much right. and there's so much benefit to uh you know being a vegetarian or vegan and all that you know of that ilk sure. and i know that that is true but to just eat 
mm. vegetables and just mm. lettuce. You know, it, it is difficult for me to get excited about a meal sure. that I know is just a salad. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and I, yeah, I think some of that is upbringing. I think some of that is just, you know, the palate that have developed. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, I, I recognize a... that is a I used to have two what? vegetarian days a week and, and it was tough. So yeah, mm -hmm. totally relatable. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Yeah, so, so that um, was mine. Calamari. I'm just not a massive mm. fan of calamari. I know Troy's I, like making the saddest. Mm. I love the I've taste, <laughs> but it does bother me because they're smart. They're the like texture really smart. is just, it grosses me out a little bit. Mm. Like if it's not a squishy, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm okay, mm. but I just prefer not. I just prefer uh, understood. Yeah I've, yeah, I've had cooked and raw squid, and raw's a little rough. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's like eating. It's basically like eating a balloon. <laughs> it's uh, it's too chewy. But but cooked, I love I love calamari. Hmm. Feel guilty though. <laughs> You're guilty. <laughs> uh, good <budget>. deal. <laughs> well, without further ado, we're we're talking. No, we need to further ado. What's yours, James? Oh oh, I, I, mine was uh. Uh oh, awful! I, I eat uh, organ meats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no! You got that. But what does everybody else like that you don't? You kind of agreed with both. Oh, of them. oh yeah, that was that was the veal and the lamb and all that. That's mm. uh you know because a lot of people oh, are totally fine that. with it. And I'm like oh no 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 worries. Yeah yeah, I just can't. Uh, mm -hmm. It just bothers me. It's like give them a chance. Let them let them do some stuff first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's my my take on it. But uh, what we're what we're gonna be talking about is something that most of the world can agree is a big no-no and mm -hmm. that is uh the consumption of of long pig aka people so yeah. yeah Callie how about you start us off okay well yeah first of all just to state I've never talked about cannibals so much in my life than the last two days <laughs> it's been so much cannibal talk uh people may become concerned at some point but uh yeah so I'm gonna be touching more because my podcast it's based on movies so I'm gonna be bringing a little more of the modern day cannibals in Hollywood if you would so uh, you know, while we're used to humans being turned into chum by giant sharks like in Deep Blue Sea and chomped in half by saltwater crocodiles like in Lake Placid, there's a new apex predator that maybe we're not quite as okay with when it comes to eating the people and it's other people. So, you know, it's been like this interesting trend of cannibals than not cannibals in Hollywood. And back in like the 70s, there was this uh, gentleman named Umberto Lenzi, and uh, I believe he's from Italy. And he had a movie in 1972 called Man from Deep River. And he sort of has been coined as almost the OG or godfather of cannibal films. And uh, then there was sort of this interesting like book ending with Antonio Clemente's Natura Contro. And that was in 1988. And that sort of ended this like trend for a minute. But there's something that as human beings, you know, we automatically have these two ingrained rules in us. One, don't eat other people. Two, don't do gross things to little kids. Yeah. There's something about the people part that I think it's still, it's pushing that envelope. And we sort of had a conversation recently, James, of 
safe danger. And that's why maybe some people are super into true crime. You're able to hear about these horrific things, get a little bit of an adrenaline rush, but still be in the comfort of your own car, home, wherever you are. So I think the cannibal part possibly could play into that a little bit. You know, we have zombie movies, we've had vampirism, we've, you know, had these movies showing natural disasters or this apocalyptic landscape and people have to do what they have to to survive and so like for example yellow jackets it's a show that came out last year it's in season two it's about a group of teenage girls who are going to a soccer soccer final over in washington state from new jersey their plane goes down well, I'm sure you can figure out eventually mm. where things are going to lead to. Yeah. And, you know, it's very interesting to see movies like Wrong Turn, Hills Have Eyes. Green Inferno is is a big one. That's by Eli Roth. That sort of, I feel like, has continued that torch of cannibalism in Hollywood. And then you also have shows like Dahmer uh, that came oh. out on Netflix last year. And, you know, when there's a dude serving a human sandwich to his neighbor um that doesn't seem too appealing to me but um you know it's it's something that really has disturbed but i think intrigued people at the same time so it's very interesting to to sort of think about it in terms of psychologically why we're interested why it sort of has become this new trend in hollywood and i mean i don't know if maybe people might be a little okay with it because timothy chalamet was in a movie last year about young cannibals falling in love um you know with the bones and all oh Um, yeah you know so i'm not sure but i feel like it's becoming less taboo as time progresses i don't know if it's desensitization to violence in films that's what i think a lot of it is yeah so we're now pushing it could be predictive programming where it's like well we got to fight global warming and you know cows they release too much methane so your neighbor Mm -hmm. gladys is a better (laughs) option (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's it's just really interesting to sort of pose that question maybe like everyone listeners have conversations with your friends about it because yeah. i'm i'm intrigued to see what other people's takes are but They'll i feel like definitely it's that, return your phone calls after that yeah, yeah yeah that safe danger i think is a massive <laughs> part and then just to sort of touch on an actual possible cannibal in hollywood um there's an alleged mm. situation involving an actor named army hammer once again this is alleged but back in january of 2021 there was this instagram account that's called house of effie and they began to share these messages from their account that supposedly they were exchanging with the actor army hammer and in these messages it was talking about drinking blood and like sexual domination and acts of cannibalism and so there's a lot out there and i know there's one one show called I think it's called House of Hammer and it's sort of this documentary about the family because there's a lot of there's a lot of dirt going on there the Hammer family Mm. is a very rich family sort of up there with like the Vanderbilts so um that's a you know I don't want to say this definitely happened because it's alleged so I just want to make that clear but it's a terrifyingly interesting story to check out Mm. trippy yeah so those are some movies that you know just recently they had the cannibalism in it the the colony is one that had more of the apocalyptic cannibal take 
to things. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like a lot of these I've I've seen and they are disgusting, but yeah. there is that horror aspect and some of them are really well done. So if you mm. can stomach people being put in other people's stomachs then you may <laughs> want to check them out and then of course i can't i can't forget like you know hannibal lecter as mm. one of the most prominent characters in hollywood involving eating people so definitely i mean i i sort of rewatched a couple of scenes from from i think it was red dragon yesterday and he and Edward Norton were in a scene together. I was like, God, this is really good, even though it's about a cannibal. So <laughs> I might have to go back and revisit that. But those are some yeah. recommendations if you would like to see some cannibal movies. Yeah, there's the what you've touched on with Army Hammer is I think in media, cannibalism is portrayed because it's transgressive and it is shocking. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what draws us to it. But anytime something is in media and somebody watches it, at some point, it's just a numbers game. Somebody is going to fetishize that. That's going to become mm -hmm. somebody's kink. And yeah. uh, a lot of people, you know, observing things like that, they start to fantasize about it. And they're real accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, in Germany, uh, Rammstein did a song about it. There was, there was, <laughs> oh, okay, you, you go yeah, for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you talk about um, the band really fast and I'll talk about the real sure. life event. They had a very controversial song called Mind Tile, which means my thing, uh, which was about a couple of dudes who got up to no good and one of them ate him in his neighborhood. And mm -hmm. uh, you you think you can take it from here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just some two German dudes, one who wants to try and eat people, one who wants to be eaten. So perfect pair. I think they found each yeah. other on like Craigslist or something like that. And uh, <laughs> of course. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty graphic uh, posting. And so, yeah, um, one guy's like, hey, let's go ahead. You know, I don't know if this is the same story or a different one, but mm -hmm. one guy, he was about to like lose his foot and he had to be amputated and he fought really hard to be able to keep the foot. Lo and behold, it was for him and I think a few buddies to go ahead and uh, eat after it was amputated. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my story is yeah. actually the one I'm recalling that Rammstein did a song about. Um, it was very much a sexual thing and uh, the dude who was the donor decided to get drugged first and he ate him like all of him he ate he mm -hmm. ate him and so he he did get arrested and i'm glad uh i think that <laughs> consent should end where murder begins and so mm -hmm. even if somebody's cool with being turned into a chuck roast it's still uh kind of messed up and you should serve jail time for it so, was this yeah. also the case where he, like the guy who was like eaten and killed, he also ate a little bit of the other guy or was this a different uh, story? There was a, a weird swap thing too. And again, it just, it baffles me. I mean, I get yeah. that different people like different things, but if, if, if it incorporates somebody dying, I, uh, I think that's where a, a line ought to be drawn. There's just yeah. So Oof. Just a bit. Yeah. So. Mm. Oh, good deal. Well, thanks for, for that. Yeah, again, media, art imitates life less often than life imitates art. And people, mm. I'm not I'm not saying we should censor transgressive media at all, but we should keep a lookout for people who take a very different message from, <laughs> from yes. some things. Instead of saying, <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. They think, oh, that's a great idea. I wonder yeah. how I can prepare a person. Uh, oh, good deal. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Troy, how about yourself? 
Well, of course, that's hard to follow, <laughs> but uh, in the spirit of, of yes ending, uh, actually, let me connect directly to, you mentioned Hannibal Lecter there at the end, Kelly, uh, mm -hmm. in this, I guess it's the third book actually titled Hannibal, you know, uh, it, they tell the prequel of how he became, you know, half the book mm -hmm. is dedicated to his prequel and uh, reading it is really uh, engrossing. Uh, I, I enjoyed reading it more than any, you know, on film representation because there was Hannibal rising and then the, you mm -hmm. know, the young Hannibal or whatever uh, TV show. But the book is is really, really good to uh, not uh, just to understand, you know, that character, what would lead him to be this horrible person that we know, you know, in the Interesting. movie. All right. And I want to keep it on the movies front when I bring up my topic here, okay? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite actors is uh, Francis Pugh. Mm -hmm. And one of the movies that was just released on Netflix is called The Wonder, all right? Mm -hmm. And the movie itself is just a story. And it is a fictitious story, but I want to go into some of the details that inspired the movie. Uh mm -hmm. This woman, Frances, has to go to this small little Irish town, and there's a report of a child who uh, didn't have to eat and was, like, not eating at all. And so the church took it on that they sent Frances Pugh and some other verifiers. Uh, Frances Pugh's like the nurse side of thing, and they also had a church kind of thing to get, you know, validation uh, to see if really, really she was not eating and uh so you have to watch the movie to figure that out but uh the uh jumping off of that point there was a large phenomenon in the victorian age of what they call fasting girls and um let me just tell you some of those stories that are that are interesting in the victorian age there were spiritualism was pretty high not traditional you know, you know, Judeo-Christian or even, sure. you know, uh, Eastern philosophies, but something new of, ooh, there's an afterlife or, ooh, something yeah. is coming to us. Yeah, post-enlightenment you know, vacuum. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And just one of the facets of that was that uh, young women primarily said uh, that they just simply did not need to eat because and most of the stories that I read that it was uh, specifically God uh, gave them the power to you know give, continue living and then further gave them some uh, healing powers and you know got stigmata sometimes those kinds of things mm -hmm. as well so they generally got an audience of you know, and they were a uh, interest to different towns, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So when I, when you look into the details, though, some things kind of break down. There's not many similarities, but I'll, I'm going to share what they are. And it doesn't really fit into the Victorian age only. So I'll start with some details of the first story of these mm -hmm. uh, fasting girls and then tell you the last. And then just tell you some interesting anecdotes, you know, from in the middle that were squarely in the Victorian age. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to 1807. Okay. So this is right before actual Victorian age. Her name was Anne Moore. She's the first documented uh, fainting girl. And here's, here's the way her story happened. 
it came out in her community that uh, she hadn't eaten in a while. And so, you know, just with word of mouth and everything, it came to pass that, you know, she was, oh gosh, God is keeping her alive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the church, really, much like that was in the movie, they did send emissaries to see if this is a real miracle kind of thing. And the first, uh, the first visit, everybody said, yep, she's not eating. That's real. She is a real, you know, she is being kept alive by the power of God. Amazing. And then they did it again. And the second time, it, it didn't show up. <laughs> Just that she oh. could, uh, she she needed to eat. So that, but uh, what's interesting about that is the documentation of 1807, and that with additional scrutiny, it felt the the guys fell apart. Okay, mm. so that is 1807 first. Now, the last one really was in the 1860s. So we had like a 50-year period of all, all these kinds mm -hmm. of stories. What's interesting of the six, oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, uh, I jumped to, I started in the middle. Let me give no you worries. another date. That's, <laughs> this, is why, this is why the date's relevant. It was 1918 when the last one was. Mm. That's like pretty recent. And yeah. actually, yeah. you die until 1962 so she was alive you know and when television was around and what's interesting Weird. is you can there are black and white pictures of her with uh with her stigmata as she was claiming that this was this was a miracle now the <laughs> same thing uh happened with her that she passed you know tests at the beginning and so she got more and more fanfare what was interesting about her, though, is that she just, and I'm being a little bit of an exaggeration, she just one day woke up and said, I don't have it anymore. I'm, give me a burger. You know, she's, <laughs> then she just started eating out of her left her. Uh, and that's not unusual, you know, that they would, um, that they would say that they've lost the power. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end. She, uh, 1962 was the last of that. And then we go back to 1807. In the middle, there's some interesting stories. Uh, it's, uh, there was a, a, a search for someone who claimed it, you know, claimed that they were a fainting girl. And one of the tests were that uh, one of the investigators came in and like ate in front of her and then uh, left mm. plate with some scraps on it and then uh, came back in and I uh, said, there's a bite off of my potato. And oh. it was like that specific. <laughs> and any ingestion, you know, so she lost uh, credibility because of a bite of a potato. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, so that is super funny. There's a couple of uh, incidents where there was a pretty intensive head injury or spinal cord injury. And, and mm -hmm. while they were infirmed, they uh, didn't need to eat. And they had some special And wow. all of this is, again, is the countryside of uh, Britain, primarily. The person that I mentioned uh, in 1918, she was in Germany. And then there was, uh, you know, one American in Brooklyn, funnily mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, there was claim, there were, were, the trend is there's an allegation of this happening, the fainting girls. It's investigated. 
initial proof happens and then either they're disproven or they lose their powers, okay? Yeah. So that's really the closing, that there's not much definite proof of it. I'll stop with one, actually the saddest story. And it yeah. is, uh, and her name is Sarah Jacob and it's in the 1860s, all right? Uh, Sarah Jacobs was one of the fainting girls and uh, they tested her, you know, they, they claimed it. There was lots of attention to her and she passed all the tests. They said, <laughs> you know, and absolutely, she uh, wasn't eating, you know, while the test. So she got a little more attention, a little more attention. And uh, then the parents, you know, said, she'll pass any tests you have. Here we go. So mm. for, and I think it's, uh, it was a little over a week. They had everybody could come in and see her for, for a solid week. And she really didn't during that week eat or drink anything. Mm. At about the eighth day, she passed away. Wow. Uh, uh. It was, uh, uh, you know, she passed away from malnutrition and all that. And the parents, what brings this uh, through is that the parents were charged with manslaughter. Oh. And in the manslaughter, they were found guilty of it. I mm. can see why. Yeah. 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 With, with, because with of all those uh, witnesses, you know. That they, <laughs> yeah. They were, yeah. Man, so with, with all the pseudoscience uh, of today, I can see this being a TikTok thing, you know? Yeah, seriously. This is my daily routine. I start off with a big breakfast of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just drink water. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, right. oh but there you go. That is the opposite of those and still kind of movie inspired. Uh, yeah. Well, wow. it's funny you mentioned uh, brain injuries because I'm going to talk about somebody where that may have been a factor. Um his name is Tarare, and it's a very tragic story, but at the same time, terrifying. And I wonder, out of everybody, you know, we've talked about Zuckerberg being a lizard, maybe. Um, <laughs> this guy, I question whether he was a person. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff about him. So Tarare, we don't even know if that was his name uh, or a nickname or what have you, but he was a fella from France in the late 18th century so 1772 to 1798 and uh let me just describe him first because he had some unique qualities so imagine a fella who's a little short not not too bad but rail thin and with skin so loose that he could wrap it around things no nope. um and yeah no that's that's weird <laughs> enough right now imagine his teeth are rough and jagged looking as though mm -hmm. damaged Mm -hmm. Oh, it gets worse. This is the weirdest thing about Terare, though, <laughs> of all. This fella could open his jaw so wide that he could swallow six apples like a boa constrictor. He could just put apples in his mouth. Bear in mind, apples were a little smaller back then, but still, they these weren't well, red delicious. These were more like, Jesus. you know, Fuji's, but still. So, yeah, this, this guy's a peculiar fella. So he was born near Lyon. And we don't know exactly when, but around 1772. That's kind of a ballpark estimate. And when he was a little kid, he would eat a lot. But when he hit adolescence, that's when this transformation happened. And this guy started as an adolescent to eat uh, a quarter of a cow, which is more than his own weight. Oh. And that was in a day. 
Like just, he, he would just eat that much. It got so bad. His parents couldn't really afford to feed him. So they say. were like, you, you gotta go, you gotta get <laughs> out of here, Tarare or whatever your real name is. And so after that, he ends up joining a band of uh, thieves, sex workers, uh, showmen, and he does feats. He eats inanimate things, wood, metal, what have you. And, you know, the big amazing trick he would do is he would open his mouth real wide and he would put apples or eggs in them and just swallow them. Now, as you might imagine, a guy who eats that much, <laughs> uh, which by the way, included rocks, live animals. He really liked to eat snakes for some reason, which is one. spooky. But as you <laughs> might imagine, he would have some bowel problems. And so mm -hmm. at one point he was uh, doing a performance in Paris and he got a huge obstruction they had to take him to a hospital and they gave him a whole bunch of laxatives and he recovered and even joked that he would uh, uh, eat the surgeon who gave him the laxatives uh, watch and chain. And the surgeon said, yeah, if you do that, I'll have to cut you open to get my watch. back." <laughs> so weird, weird fella. He was only like a hundred pounds. Um, um, again, really, really thin. And some people postulate this is where I was going with that, that maybe he had had damage to his amygdala because mm animals we've never observed anything like this in humans but animals who have damage to their amygdala will often engage in polyphagy which just means eating lots and lots of things with an unquenchable appetite and that kind of sums this guy up i mean he would eat pretty much anything so another odd thing about him was he smelled really bad like he sweated a lot this is bear in mind this was all before teen spirit was invented so people were kind of <laughs> used to bo but his was to a point where people were like, it's tough to be within, you know, 200 feet of this guy. Like, that's how bad he smelled. So there's something, again, nobody else has ever exhibited these qualities. There's been Pika syndrome where people eat inanimate things. There's been people with, you know, inordinate appetites. But this has never occurred historically before. Any kind of record of somebody like this. He was also really hot to the touch. And sometimes his eyes would get bloodshot and sometimes he would sweat so much and get so hot that you could see steam coming off him. I mean, this is like an alien. This is just such an oh. odd person. But uh, things really took a turn when the War of the First Coalition broke out. Uh, Tarare joined the French Revolutionary Army and uh, he really wasn't getting enough food because he's never getting enough food. So he would uh, eat scraps. He would trade with the uh, rations. He would scavenge in the dung heaps. He would just do anything, garbage, gutters, just anything that was organic. He would just find it and eat it. He would even sneak into the medic tent and eat poultices. He just couldn't stop eating. So oh one day, uh, General Alexander de Bernays, it's a tough one to say, <laughs> decided we could probably put this to use. You know, we could put like, spy stuff in a box and he could eat it and he could go into enemy territory and he could pass the box and then somebody could pick up the box and you know the note would be uh available and what would be great about that is if anybody searches him they're not going to find any documents on him because they're in his intestines so they send him over there here's the problem uh he didn't speak the language so mm. when he's over across the rhine they're like who is this guy speaking french he's not prussian so he was captured almost immediately and uh because he didn't speak german so as a result he gets captured they beat him very brutally 
And then they perform a mock execution, which is a very cruel thing, just so you guys know. I mean, basically, they tell you they're going to execute you, and they put you in the gallows, and just at the last minute, they're like, ah, just kidding. Which, if they'd been kind, they probably would have, you know, actually done that. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really cruel thing to do, uh, a mock execution. So I'm sure it was very tough on him being beaten and being captured and the mock execution. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they sent him back humiliated and uh, he got better psychologically. Uh, the box was never recovered that he'd swallowed. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> but, uh, what? Yeah. And he actually, presumably, uh, this is what I've heard that he did pass the box. And then when he was in the process of being captured, he actually ate the box and his own stool uh, to, to hide it, which Again, mm-hmm. gross, even for him, but at the same time, it's it was necessary. Otherwise, they would have killed him. So mm-hmm. he was he was really miserable with all this. Uh, he really wished for a cure. He actively sought a cure. He uh, he actually told them like, "Look, I'm I've got medical problems. I really shouldn't be in the military for this." And so they they tried to treat him with you know 18th century technology which was just mostly laudanum and vinegar and tobacco pills and, you know, all sorts of random (laughs) stuff, a whole bunch of boiled eggs. And of course, none of that worked. So he ends up being hospitalized for quite some time. And this is where things get even darker Mm -hmm. at the hospital. He scavenges outside butcher shops. He fought stray dogs for rotting flesh and gutters, you know, like dead rats and stuff, garbage. I mean, just, insane things and it gets really spooky when he gets caught a lot because back then hospitals did bloodletting for you know medical treatment he mm-hmm. would actively i mean they're they're getting the blood out of people and he's he's literally sliding under there to, to drink it like like you know oh my god or something so they're they're not okay with this but it really gets crazy when he starts eating corpses out of the morgue and mm-hmm. uh the doctor's thought, well, this guy's just cray cray. We're, we need to put him in like a, a mental hospital, not a military hospital. But mm-hmm. ultimately the the doctor in question, Percy, he was like, no, let's, let's keep him a while. And this was a big mistake because this is where it really goes off the handle. Um, a woman goes to that hospital and she, she's sick. We don't know with what, but she had a 14 month old and uh, no. the 14 month old disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is, this is why I couldn't record this. Fourteen-month-old <laughs> um, yeah. oh disappears, and they're like, "Hmm, wonder who could have done that." Now we never really have confirmation that it was him, but realistically, it was him. He totally ate that baby, so he gets kicked out. He just sort of wanders around from hospital to hospital and to, to various places, just really trying to get treatment for this terrible condition that he has. And he ends up uh, at a Versailles hospital, and uh, there's a doctor named M. Tessier who contacted him, actually, and was was interested in treating this because, you know, at this point, he's kind of getting notorious enough to where people are talking about it. And so um, he he shows up, and he's super weak, so weak that he's borderline bedridden, and uh, he claims that the reason why he was weak which this is not the deal but he said he ate a golden fork a couple of years back and it it must have been lodged in him and uh he he actually was hoping that it would be removed as a result well percy's a doctor uh whatever that's worth back then and he did realize uh this guy has tuberculosis which you know color anybody shocked with all the garbage and corpses he was eating right and uh 
He then started having really, really, really bad diarrhea um, Mm -hmm. that ultimately killed him. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, really, really dark story. They actually examined him pretty extensively. And, uh, yeah, like his body was really weird. His gullet was like abnormal. It was like really wide. When his jaws were open, they could actually see down into his stomach. Again, that's how wide his his jaws what? were. He had, yeah, he he had a lot of uh, God. This is the grossest thing to me personally. Um, he had like a lot of pus in in his Ooh. body, which I'm assuming yeah. has to do directly with you know how infected he was with a variety of things. His mm-hmm. liver and gallbladder were really big. His stomach was really big, but that's probably because it was so stretched from eating. Um, yeah. And it was covered in ulcers. So, mm. yeah. And by the way, they never did find that golden fork. So there goes that. <laughs> so, but, oh, my God. Yeah. Nobody really knows what this cannibalistic fella's deal was. He was physiologically very different from any human being ever. And nobody's really sure why. Again, fragments of his condition you find in other people, but not all these things. I mean, I halfway wonder if this guy just crash landed from Neptune in in Lyon or something, and that's why, like back back on his home world, the food is more <laughs> calorie dense. Um, oh but yeah, God. what a what a tragic and bizarre uh, life for a short life for a fella. Oh, I'm gonna pull a CC James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would she would be having serial nightmares over that one. That is true. Well, and I was trying uh, to think of any kind of jokes I could add, and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we try to be lighthearted on this show, but uh, mm. there's no there's no easy way to spin a baby eating uh, monster man. No. Oh my god. I, well, I have a question. Just sort of thinking sure. about cannibalism and modern day uh, mm. practices. I guess. Sure. What are your all's takes on like parents eating placenta? I don't think it's cannibalism. But I do think it's creepy. Do think it's creepy. <laughs> um, you know, you hear about people doing that and it just, it seems like some kind of bananas, new agey stuff to me. Like I don't understand mm-hmm. a cat in an alleyway eating it because they don't want predators smelling the babies. But uh, if you're, if you're an accountant, you don't have that problem. So yeah. how about you, Troy? That's What's your true. take on it? Well, I think there is, you know, just the perception of that being something, you know, magical, uh, you know, because um, in... Uh, Appalachian folklore, you're supposed to bury it, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. in, somewhere near the home, that kind of thing. So I'm sure. not surprised. Uh, I don't think that there's some amazing, uh, you know, bio- I've not heard anything that's really mm-hmm. amazingly biologically sound, you know, for mm-hmm. eating it, you know, mm-hmm. like a yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. Sounds, to me, it sounds like the worst flank steak ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, well, going back to eating a balloon. You know. yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just, I mean, oh, there's, man. there's also, I know the tradition of, um, for some for some traditions of cultures they have with the umbilical cord of their child apparently is like if if someone were to go into battle their mother is like supposed to keep their umbilical cord or something to that effect kind of of thing yeah yeah Yeah, which of course now we know i wish that we'd known when i was uh, an infant that letting the baby stay on the umbilical cord just for a little bit is fantastic for them because they get a whole bunch of stem cells 
and uh, freezing the umbilical cord is a new practice where you can mm. really uh, help treat a number of diseases further down the line because, again, it's full of stem cells that perfectly match that individual. How long is, is, are you saying uh, the baby should be on the... On um, the... It's not long. It's just a few minutes, really. Oh. Um, but, you know, in the past... Up until very recently, the practice was, it was almost like it was poisonous or something. It was like, ah, oh, the baby's mm-hmm. born, cut it, cut it, cut it. Whereas <laughs> yeah. now it's like, let him, let him stay on it till it turns pale, which is a little creepy to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird stuff. Oh man. Well, thanks you so much, you guys, for uh, being my, my special guests for a very special episode. And uh, again, everybody check out what was promoed and it's, it's fantastic. Our music mm-hmm. is by Grant Cook. You can find him anywhere you listen to music. I can't remember all the rest. I was getting ready to do it for <laughs> you if you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I like how Alex is uh, in music part. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, until next time, we hope that you can keep it straight. <laughs> it never works on <laughs> uh, But thanks so much, you guys. <laughs>